Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Over the last 20 years, maybe, angels have uh, become a fairly popular item in our culture. Actually, in, in, in some corners, people's fascination with these beings has been a bit over the top. Books have been written about them. TV shows and movies have depicted angels that intervene in the lives of human beings. Artwork from small figurines to large stone carvings, and of course paintings and posters have become collector's items. There's going to be little angel figures at sale at our Christmas craft fair. Count on it. A few years back, when the phenomena was peaking, I, I half expected to find luminescent paintings of angels on black velvet for sale, you know? Maybe beside pictures of Elvis at flea markets and gas stations. Now, I never did actually see that, but I thought I was going to. In many cases, it's clear that ideas and beliefs about the angels have often little to do with the truths of the Christian faith. At times it's apparent that many want to create their own version of what angels are and what they do, rather than listen to the evidence given in God's word. Now, September 29th, and that's tomorrow. That's the day the church has traditionally set aside to celebrate St. Michael and all angels. Now, we haven't often observed that here at St. James, but this year I thought we would. And take time to consider some of the things that we know and also do not know about angels. And it's going to be based on God's word. There's no other authority for this. We don't want to hear people's imagination and conjectures. Well, I wouldn't mind hearing it. I'm not going to take it seriously, but the Bible, we will. It's far from the central teaching of Scripture, but the Bible does teach a lot about this, and for a good reason. Now, do you know what angels look like? You say, yeah, pastor, we all know what angels look like. Oh, so then you already know that in the Bible, most of the time, they're described as not having wings. Oh. Well, now, a couple instances they have wings, but in the large majority of descriptions, they don't. And they're never described as wearing long Victorian gowns, nor as being feminine. They don't look like women. And they never, ever look like little naked babies. Really, I'm not kidding. Now, if you had said to me, an angel is likely to appear as a rugged man, even a soldier, I would have said, okay, you've been reading your Bible. So then let's get into the Bible. I want to go over six facts about angels. Angels are created beings. Created beings. They're not like gods. They're not eternal. God created them. He created lots of things. He created chipmunks and tigers and bowhead whales and human beings and angels. All of them are creatures because they were created. But there's different wrong ideas of where angels come from. Take this joke, for example. Two men are sitting in a pub, and one says to the other, my mother-in-law, she's an angel. His buddy replies, you're so lucky. Mine is still alive. Okay. <laughs> Now, this, this is the mistake which says that angels are the souls of people who have died. But no, that is definitely not what they are. No one, no one turns into an angel when they die. 
you don't turn into a chipmunk, a tiger, or a bow-headed whale either. You remain a human being. Now in heaven, you'll be with angels, and you'll see them, but you will never become one. The error on this comes from misunderstanding what Jesus said when he told the Sadducees that in the world to come, people would not be married to one another because he said they would be like the angels. Now, he did not mean by that that we become angels, but rather that like angels, we won't have the institution of marriage. In the world to come, we won't need that because we won't need to create children there and there'll be so much joy and communion everywhere that marriage wouldn't add anything. So to summarize this first point, angels are not jacked up dead human beings, neither are they like little gods. They are not omnipresent, omniscient, or omnipotent. The same applies to the evil angels, often called demons by the way. Angels, both the good and the bad, are created beings. Next, angels are spiritual beings, meaning they don't have physical bodies. Hebrews 1 verse 14 says they are ministering spirits. A spirit does not have flesh and blood, no body. However, as is very evident from reading the many Bible accounts, angels can appear visibly. Actually, though, visibly isn't putting it strong enough. They can assume a bodily form. They talk. They, they roll huge stones out of the way. Think of Easter morning. They grab people's hands. We saw that today. They eat. Understand, though, that when they eat, their consumption of food is in a way that's incomprehensible to us. They don't actually need it for their assumed bodies. I don't know, perhaps they eat to convince people present at the time of their friendship and reality. Not all the blanks get filled in for us on this. But angels are spiritual beings, yet at the same time they can assume a bodily form when God appoints it for a certain task. An angel appeared to Mary and Joseph. An angel appeared to the women at Jesus' tomb. Two angels pulled Lot through the door in our Old Testament reading tonight and guided his family to, to flee Sodom, even grabbing their hands. In Acts chapter 5, the apostles were rescued from prison by an angel. I love Hebrews 13 verse 2, which says, says to church people like us, do not forget to entertain strangers. That's right off the bat. That's kind of interesting. Times have changed. When the doorbell rings, everybody goes, don't answer, don't answer. Anyway, But anyway, he says, don't forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Huh. So angels are spiritual beings. But they may appear right here among us. So much like human beings that we don't even realize they're angels. And you hear great, I, I, you know, I've, I, you're going to hear some pretty good stories in this sermon coming up. There's so many more I had to cut out just for time. And there's some great ones about people realizing, whoa, that was an angel, and I didn't know it. Anyway, on the whole, however, we don't see them. I have never seen one, and I bet you haven't either. But they are very active around us, and many of you have sensed them. In fact, I'd say the great majority of Christians can recall some incident in which their lives, in a time of critical danger, has been miraculously preserved. You know, an almost plane crash, a near car wreck, a fierce temptation. Though they may not have seen angels, their presence could indeed be the explanation as to why tragedy was averted. 
Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Says Hebrews 1 verse 14. Pastor Bob Russell told this story. He says, Anthony Berger died at age 44. Many feel that he was the finest gospel pianist of all time. He spent 10 years playing for the Gaither Vocal Band. You know this Christian group, Gaither Vocal Band? Anyway, played for them, and in 2006, accompanied the Gaithers on a Christian cruise in the Caribbean. 1,500 people were on the cruise. They vacationed during the day, and they'd come to a gospel concert in the ship's theater at night. The fourth night out, Anthony Berger had just played a piano solo. About five minutes later, during the concert, he collapsed of a massive heart attack and died instantly at the piano. Everybody, especially his family, was totally distraught. Becky Pippert of our church was a guest teacher on that cruise. That's interesting to me. I've read books by Be Becky Pippert. Anyway, it says, and she was to address the people the next morning in a Bible study. Becky said that before she got up to teach, a woman came to her and said, Becky, I want to tell you what happened to me last night, just before Anthony Berger died. Becky said to me, Pastor Bob, you know that sometimes you've got people who come up to you and they want to give their testimony or they want to be on the stage and they want to be in the spotlight, but this is not one of those ego-driven people. She's very humble and unassuming, she said. In the concert last night, after Anthony Berger played his solo, the spotlight went to the other side of the stage, but for some reason, I kept my eyes on Anthony Berger. I felt like God was impressing these words on me. I'm going to show you something from my realm that will be an encouragement to people. I was troubled. And suddenly she said, I saw standing beside Anthony Berger an angel. She said he appeared to be seven feet tall, dressed in white and gold, and he just stood there for about 30 seconds. He put his hand on Anthony's shoulder, and Anthony looked up and then slumped down and died. When just minutes before he had played the song, We Shall Behold Him. Pastor Russell goes on. You may question that woman's vision of an angel, that's okay. It's not out of the Bible. It's not a test of your faith. And there are some false claims out there. But you know what I think? I think God sometimes gives us an additional glimpse of his glory to bring us supplementary hope. Hmm. Let's go on with more facts about angels. <laughs> they are innumerable. At least beyond our ability to count anyway. Hebrews 12.22 reads... You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. I like the word joyful there, but the point here is about the numbers of them. When God appeared on Mount Sinai, he came from thousands of holy ones, it says in Deuteronomy. Revelation 5.11 says that when John had his vision in Revelation there, he saw the Lamb on the throne. It says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. That's 100 million, the population of Mexico. And by the way, there are many more holy angels than there are evil ones. Also, many, many more references in the Bible to angels than to demons. Lots of angels. Angels, going on, are superior to humans. In what way? God has given angels higher knowledge, higher power, and higher mobility. They seem to be able to really flash around. More than humans. In Psalm 8, Verse 4 and 5, 
David says, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. That said, there are things you can do that angels cannot. An angel is not able to testify to a personal salvation experience. Why not? Because Christ didn't die for them. The holy angels have never sinned. They've never been lost. Thus, they've also never been found. They don't personally know the joy of salvation. They wonder at the joy that you have. But they love God and do rejoice that in his greatness, he would come to earth to save mankind. Angels have rank. The Bible identifies several different classifications of angels. Now, I find this gets interesting. Cherubim, ever heard of cherubim? It's a kind of angel. Uh, they're the highest classification as they witness, support, and magnify the holiness of God in heaven. Being positioned, it says, near God's throne, like the command room of the whole universe. They're mysterious and awesome to us. These ones are reported as having wings, but also hands and feet, and in the book of Ezekiel, many eyes. Weird. They guard God's throne room from all the unholy who have no right to access there. But here's the wonderful thing. They don't guard that glorious throne from you. Because Christ has taken away your sin. And you are baptized right into God's Son. With your, sons taken, your sins taken away, baptized into Christ, you are holy. But, okay? Everything is open to the Son of God. And you're in the Son. The cherubim will not refuse the humblest Christian who comes to God through Jesus. The next rank of angels would be the seraphim. That name in Hebrew means the burning ones. I wonder what they actually look like. The burning ones. Sounds great. Anyway, they are the worshiping angels. Different angels, different tasks, apparently. Next are the archangels. The archangel Michael is mentioned in Jude verse 9, also in Revelation 12. Direct confrontation with the devil and his hordes, countering and battling the devil's schemes and power, appears to be Michael's assignment, together with the angel army at his command. Angelic battle? Yeah, there is certainly such a thing. Uh, read Ephesians 6 or Daniel chapter 10. Revelation 12 verse 7 says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. I don't doubt for a minute that there is unseen but very real warfare taking place over Elseng land in Paupua, Indonesia, where the McLeans are laboring to bring the word of God for the first time. I bet that's hugely resisted in spiritual realms, but also the angels massively fighting on behalf of that project. I don't doubt that there is spiritual battle here on Long Island, where thousands and thousands have fallen into uh, addiction to gambling, to opioids, and to pornography. And where at the same time, Christ and his servants, both human servants and angelic, are, is working to set captives free. A few years ago, one of our members from St. James, I haven't got their permission to use their name, or I'd tell you who it is, but uh, they told me some nights before that he'd seen a vision of angels. What were they doing? They were marching past in front of him. He said, what are you doing? An angel turned and said to him, preparing for war. 
The angel Gabriel, who is named in several places in the Bible, is not identified as an archangel. His task appears to be that of a high-priority messenger. Indeed, the word angel itself in Greek translates literally as messenger. Think how hostile countries try and mess with each other's communications. Well, when God wanted to get a message to Mary that he was going to invade this enemy-occupied world and launch a campaign to destroy the works of the devil through a son born to her, he sent the angel Gabriel to deliver that message and make sure it got there safe and true. In our Old Testament reading, God sent two angels to warn Lot and his family of impending judgment. And as you may know, after Lot got out of there, Sodom and Gomorrah were completely destroyed. Angels as messengers. Do angels have any other tasks? Oh yeah. Have you never heard of guardian angels? A real thing. Psalm 91 verse 11 says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. That beautiful hymn we just sang before the sermon is Psalm 91 set to music, more or less. Guardian angels are also mentioned specifically in relation to children. Jesus said, See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Every true believer in Christ should be encouraged by this, this uh, realization of guardian angels and strengthened. Angels are watching. They mark our path. They superintend the events of our lives and protect the interests of the Lord God, always working to promote his plans and to bring about his highest will for us. They're not going to overrule our free will, but they're going to do just about everything short of that to try and uh, help us, okay? Corey Tenboom, how I wish everybody here knew who she was, um, great Bible teacher, lady Bible teacher from, from Holland. She's Dutch. Um, anyway, um, she, um, as, as a teenage girl, um, she and her family were rounded up because they'd been sheltering Jews in, uh, from the Nazis, and they were sent off to a concentration camp. But anyway, she wrote of a remarkable experience at the terrible Ravensbrück prison camp, and I'm going to read this long quote. She says, together we enter, entered the terrifying building. At a table were woman, women who took away all our possessions. Everyone had to undress completely and then go to a room where her hair was checked. I asked the woman who was busy checking the possessions of the new arrivals if I might use the toilet. She pointed to a door and I discovered that the convenience was nothing more than a hole in the shower room floor. Betsy, that's Cory Tenboom's sister, uh, stayed close beside me all the time. Suddenly I had an inspiration. Quick, take off your woolen underwear, I whispered to her. I rolled it up with mine and laid the bundle in a corner with my little Bible. The spot was alive with cockroaches, but I didn't worry about that. I felt wonderfully relieved and happy. The Lord is busy, busy answering our prayers, Betsy, I whispered. We shall not have to make the sacrifice of all our clothes. We hurried back to the row of women waiting to be undressed. A little later, after we had our showers and put on our shirts and shabby dresses, I hid the roll of my underwear in my little Bible under my dress. It did bulge out, obviously, through my dress. But I prayed, Lord, cause now thine angels to surround me, and let them not be transparent today, for the guards must not see me. I felt perfectly at ease. Calmly I passed the guards. Everyone was checked from the front, the sides, and the back. Not a bulge escaped the eyes of the guard. The woman just in front of me 
had hidden a woolen vest under her dress, it was taken from her. They let me pass, for they did not see me. Betsy, right behind me, was searched. But outside awaited another danger. On each side of the door were women who looked, who looked everyone over for a second time. They felt over the body of each one who passed. I knew they would not see me, for the angels were still surrounding me. I was not even surprised when they passed me by. But within me rose the jubilant cry, O Lord, if thou dost so answer prayer, I can face even Ravensbrook unafraid. Bible teaching on angels. There's more, but I'm going to have to wrap it up here. What can you and I take from all this? Angels remind us of unseen spiritual realities. If you are a believer, expect powerful angels to accompany you in your life experiences. Take courage. Take courage from that. Yes, this world we are currently passing through is certainly difficult, conflicted, and dangerous in visible and invisible ways. But we are well, well provided for. God has sent us a Savior to forgive us all our sins and more. He sent to us the Holy Spirit and the holy angels. They have very different roles, but their ministry to us is very real. Have faith, thank God, and take courage. On a practical note, don't pray to angels. We don't place our faith directly in angels, but in the God who commands and directs them for us. Pray to God and know that he has a huge army of powerful servants from, wh from which to send you aid. May this lift up your chin. Amen. And now may the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus for life everlasting. Amen.